loan officers. Join the mortgage calculator as an MLO for unlimited mortgage leads and up to 250 BPS compensation. Welcome everyone to the loan officer training series with the mortgage calculator. We're going to wait just a minute to get started here so we can go live on all the different platforms. In the meantime, we did put the chat up there on the screen. I see a lot of people already commenting. Feel free to drop a comment in the chat as you tune in while we wait here to go live. Hope everyone's been having a great week today. We're going to do part two of what we did yesterday. So if you didn't tune in yesterday, make sure to go to our YouTube channel and check out part one to this, which was on Tuesday, May 30th. And then we're going to go into part two of it here today. Shout out to everyone already dropping comments there that we're already dropping comments. Tuning in early. Ben, Rob, Nick, Ashley, Mark, Slater, Orlando, Neva, April, Adam, Oscar, Floyd, Corey, Chrisita tuning in now. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. We'll get started here in just a Susan tuning in, checking in. Sonara. Shout out to the whole Mortgage Calculator team. All right, it looks like we are live on all the different platforms, so we are good to go. We'll go ahead and take the chat off the screen and we will get it started. So welcome everyone, my name is Kyle Hershey. I'm the COO of the Mortgage Calculator, joined here by our president, Nick Hershey, and our sales manager, Jose Gonzalez. We do this training every Tuesday and Wednesday night at 7 p.m. Eastern for the loan officers here at the Mortgage Calculator team and any loan officers out there looking for this type of training. So yesterday we did our presentation training on short-term rental properties. So that was part one. And today we're going to go into part two of that, which is actually structuring short-term rental loans and some, you know, real examples here of how they work. So I'm going to send it over to Jose here. I know he's got a presentation to go through on short-term rentals. So let's get into it. All right. Good evening or good afternoon for our West Coast team members. Thank you for joining us for our structure part of working with short-term rental property investors, right? So we know what what the uh, what the loan programs were. We went over them yesterday, right? And so now today we are applying these loan programs and sharing the costs and rates with you. And some of rehashing some of just the basics for each one so that you know just enough to get in trouble, right? Okay. So short-term rentals, again, like we were saying yesterday, all the rage, I mean, in our market, local market where we are here in South Florida and in our state market here in general, which is Florida. I mean, you know, obviously we're known for sunshine as a sunshine state, but the short-term rental properties really took off during the pandemic and post-pandemic. I like to call it a paradigm shift where uh, certain customs changed. One of those was remote working. Now remote working is more readily accepted at all of these employers. So uh, we have a lot of people using short-term rental properties more just to go check out different spots to live throughout the year, right? You can work in one balcony looking at the West Coast one day and in another balcony looking over the East Coast the other day. So very great opportunities and a lot of business. Not every loan that you structure for a short-term rental 
has to be a certain type of loan. In this case, they all don't have to be DSCR loans. It just ends up working out that way most of the time. However, if you do have that borrower that is really solid with their tax returns or with the bank statement if they're self-employed or with a profit and loss report if they're self-employed, then by all means, those options would probably be a little bit less costly, more cost-effective. So always, like in every other loan that we offer and we originate, we try to offer first the lowest cost option possible in loan type to the borrower. Now, it may not always be possible because when you review your doc, full doc may not be an option. Bank statement may not be an option. P&L may, may not be an option. So if we have exhausted those options, then... We have all of our DSCR options, which are very flexible, and which we have do have multiple DSCR options that have different guidelines. Because as I was saying yesterday, and I'm going to start with that slide from yesterday, today, right? Guidelines are all different, right? So that's why it's so important when we are reviewing these scenarios, and especially when you're seeking assistance, you know, let us know which are the guidelines that you are referring to in with your structure questions. Because, you know, we could have 10 DSCR programs available. Now, we have more than 10 DSCR loan options, but let's just use 10 options available. And all of those 10 options are probably going to have different twists to them they're going to make them different. So really important that you understand that because it is exactly those twists and turns in the guidelines that allow us to get creative and structure these deals to make them work. So one of the first things that we look at, obviously, is just the overall will the property cash flow, right? That's the first thing. We have a property that the investor is buying to, and they tell you, yeah, Jose, well, we're going to do short-term rentals on that property. Okay, that's great. You're going to do short-term rentals on the property. Uh, but that doesn't necessarily need to determine the trajectory of this loan labeled as a short-term rental property loan. There is no real need to uh, restrict yourself in that manner because in you know you don't have to state that because in essence this is a purchase loan and in all of these DSCR purchase loans uh, when the property is vacant now mind you would want to check this to make sure but it should be when your property is vacant that we will use the 1007 market rent schedule that will be ordered as an additional report to the appraisal and that's going to determine the long-term rent for the area, right? So that's key because you would be reaching out to your realtor partners, probably the realtor that referred you this deal or the realtor that this borrower could be working with. And you're going to ask them to please provide you some rental comps, long-term rental comps for the area. Hopefully they're going to take into consideration, you know, proximity, size, room count, amenities, all those kind of things that comparables always have to take into consideration. And they'll provide you at least three, four, five, or six, the more the better, so you can have an idea of where your market rent is. Because this is essentially the same thing the appraiser is going to do, except we don't know exactly which of those, let's say if there's six, which the appraiser may pick. But they're usually going to pick 
the most current ones, the ones in closest proximity to the subject, you know, similar gross living area, all those different factors that would make it a good comparable. So then you know what your long-term rent is. Now you do your calculation, right? You start working the numbers. In this example, right, for our 85% LTV, now remember there's 1.25% minimum DSER on this. So you see here a payment. Now this payment, I didn't include taxes and insurance. So we'll add, let's say $500 for taxes and insurance. I'm used to South Florida number. And at our 8.125 option, we're at, let's say, $36.50, somewhere around there. So we know what our target is here. And then we have to reach, you know, make sure, see the data we get from the realtor, do a little reconciliation there, and hope that we are at least at 125% of the housing expense with our rent. That would be best case scenario for here. So, and this would allow us then to just say, you know what? We don't have to expand any further in our outlook here. We are good using long-term rents. Our property covers the housing expense at 125% with the long-term rent. And that's it. The only thing to consider at this 85% LTV, which is the maximum, by the way, for a DSCR, this is a this is for one unit properties only, right? No two to four unit, no first time invest, right? Uh, and purchases only. <clears throat> You're not going to get 85% LTV cash out. And then the DSCR calculation is the standard long term monthly rent divided by housing expense. And, you know, nice little add-on. You don't need leases on the purchase. So this would be an ideal scenario for the max EV. If, you, if they find this property that's cash flowing, and there's a few like that, your investor is going to be so happy and no need to divulge anything about short-term rental on the application because you're not using short-term rental income. You basically disclose what you are doing. You're using long-term rent. No need to complicate yourself. The moment the customer speaks with you and you're consulting them about the transaction, don't go down the short-term rental rabbit hole off the bat. This is a step-by-step approach that you're going to do. And this is the same manner that we would do the same analysis when speaking with a customer is the same thing I'm showing to you right now. So our first option would always try to be our 85% LTV option, taking those considerations, right? So now we go to another option, 80%. Now, mind you, this could say two things. It could say 80% LTV purchase using short-term revenue report, which is what it says here, short-term rental revenue report. But the same exact option is applicable for long-term rent. This particular option is very special in that it lets you use short-term rental revenue report data to reach your income without an LTV adjustment. However, they do adjust it in a couple of other ways. They give you a maximum 70% of the income, so you are giving the income a 30% haircut, as we like to say. And then on top of that, the maximum that you could increase the 1007 income is 115%. So in essence, what they're letting you do here, 
they're letting you capture a 15, 1-5, 15% bump to the long-term rental income by using 12 months worth of short-term revenue report. If it's a, Obviously, the seller would have to provide these reports to the buyer if it's a purchase. If it's a refi, then, you know, that's a different situation. You'd have to have your own 12 months haven't done it. But on a purchase, if you get the seller, and if it's a good short-term rental, they've been doing it, and the seller wants to get sell it and sell it for a good price, they are definitely going to share the information with you unless they're trying to hide some negative information about the property. They should be super proud to, like, tripping over themselves to show you their revenue report so they can charge you the money that they're charging that makes it necessary to jump through hoops of fire sometimes with these DSCRs on these short-term rental properties. So this is our 80% LTV option using short-term revenue, short-term rental revenue reports without any LTV adjustment. So now here's where we may start running into some difficulties, but we still have creative solution. So this is for the property that does not have the possibility of using a short-term rental revenue report because the owner isn't providing it. He's like, I didn't do short-term rental there. I have nothing to provide to you. I'm sorry. I can't help you out. And you can't get the property to cash flow above 1.0 on long-term rent, but you really want it. You know the property is great, so you know it's good. The only issue here is, and this is what's so important when you're structuring your deal, is that you set the proper expectations to the for the borrower. Don't make the borrower think that it's you know easy peasy to go eighty five percent at a point seven five to point nine nine DSCR, and then you can't find it, and then the borrower is all upset. That's not going to work out. So the scenario here. 0.75 to 0.99 DSCR, uh, maximum 75% LTV. So again, perfect for the trophy property. And if you can see the rates here are still excellent. 8.625 has a $563 lender credit. And you can buy the rate down all the way to 7.25. Those are Fanny and Freddie numbers that you're seeing there. And this is not a full doc loan, and it is at 75%. So this is incredible. The only other condition to this option is that they must have owned the property for at least 12 months in the last three years. So that is the catch there. So they currently cannot, you know, they can be a first-time investor just have to, and just have can't be a first-time buyer. They have to have owned the property recently. So... Now we have for the real trophy property, this would be like a property in the Keys, you know, selling for like, you know, 12 million, 1.2 million, 1.5 for a nice property there. But, you know, you're going to get amazing short-term rent, but the long-term rent, it may be almost non-existent. They may not really have too many long-term rental cops. So, and it may not go even 0.75 to 0.99 on the long term, but you know this property is going to do two, three thousand dollars a night. <clears throat> so that's okay. The only thing here is that you have to set again the expectation to the borrower of a thirty percent down payment. That's what it's going to take. No other way around it to be able to to do this option with these rates, should I say? Because we do have. 
a uh, what we call a no ratio DSCR option up to a 75% that you could use for this same option. However, it's not going to be these types of rates that you're looking at here. So this is the best case scenario for the less than 0.75 DSCR option, but we have another one that's you know, a little bit higher rate in cost that goes to a 75. So this one here, pretty good option at 8.99 with a lender credit, and you can buy that down all the way to 7 point three seven five right so you're wondering hey jose but there's something missing here right yes there is i saved the best for last right i had it first in the slide but then i was like nah it's gonna lead up to this using air dna rentalizer now this is the aphrodisiac for the short-term rental investors I mean, this is this could probably get you the loan even if you don't even need it. The fact that you're giving them these offers and you're delighting them and exciting them with what they could do, this is a no limits. No, you've just basically taken off the chains. And, and with this, you know, there's nothing that you couldn't do if the property is in a short-term rental. I mean, an area that has short-term rental comps. Because... There are some conditions that have to be met, right? First of all, keep in mind, this is 80% LTV. But the one thing to note is this, this option is priced at 85%. So the pricing you see here is the pricing of the 85% DSCR purchase. But when you're using the AirDNA Rentalite, it, uh, there is a 5% LTV reduction. Now, that's key to note. You price it at 85% is going to be a higher rate, but then you do your adjustment on the loan amount to bring it down to 80%, right? So what you would have to note here is no first-time investors for this option. You can be a... You know, I mean, you can be a first-time home buyer, but I mean, you have to own a primary. Cannot be. That's what I meant to say. You cannot be a first-time home buyer for sure, but you can also not be a first-time investor because this is a higher risk program. Normally, this is the eighty-five percent option, which is transactions only for the rentalizer, the AirDNA rentalizer. You're not going to be able to use this for a refi. For a refi, it's long-term rent or short-term revenue reports only. And the forecast period has to be for 12 months because there are going to be market deviations in the months, right? You're going to have some months that are slower than others. So you do have to capture the whole year and average it out. The occupancy rate needs to show minimum 65% on the projected revenue report. Maximum two miles of the distance from the subject for the comps. right? And the obvious stuff, similar in size, room count, amenities, and occupancy and then it's a simple income calculation you just get whatever the number you get divided by 12 so again great solution for the investor buying property with ample short-term rental comps and real important to note on this option a little bit more legwork but you get a higher ltv than the no ratio dscr because remember the the Maximum is 75% LTV on the less than one 
DSER option. So this gives you 80%. You just have to use the AirDNA rentalizer. It has to be applicable, and you'll get your 80%. So very good options here. This one should land you a lot of those deals. And again, whether you use the rentalizer or not, you're going to impress the investors. They're going to know that you are a source for this type of product. And hopefully you'll get loans from them and then many referrals because that is the, the exciting part about when you're working with the investors on these types of properties. They have multiple properties and they love referring to you. All right. I do just want to reiterate, you know, what you were saying there, Jose, you hit it on the head of even if you don't use some of these programs like the air DNA, just letting your investor clients know that you have these tools in your tool belt, you could end up going a conventional second home loan, right? Jose, you can rent it out short term on your second home. So that's probably the cheapest option, right? A conventional second home is probably your lowest cost option to get into a property that you want to do, you know, Airbnb with. But you could do that, very plain loan, but you hook them in with the very, you know, the vast opportunities that we have like that. They go, wow, that's that's amazing. I didn't know you could do that. Okay, well, we're still going to go through all our steps and find out the best loan for you. But yes, I have those in my tool belt for when we need them, right, Jose? Absolutely. And just accentuating the for when we need them part, because that's always going to be the concern is you got to have that plan B and you got to have that plan C just in case plan A doesn't work out. They don't want to be left high and dry with working with somebody that has minimal options. And if the only option that they have doesn't work out, then what are you going to do? You know, now you got to run around and, and find somebody to take care of you at the last moment. And that's very difficult. Now let's see here. There is a question from Lowell. I'm not sure exactly when that question was asked about does the property ownership include primary residence? Well, it depends. In the particular program, the last, the one that I was talking about, the re- that allows you to use the air detalizer, they, it states no first time invest, but that means that you already need to own a prime. So you would need to own a primary, but and, I mean, and you could, you also would have to own an investment property. There's no first time investors on that one. Some of them, allow first-time investors, but then you have to have a primary. Others, like the the other one that I showed with the short-term rental revenue report, does allow first-time home buyers, who are also obviously going to be a first-time investor, but they're required to be able to provide a 12-month housing history report, whether it's paying rent or, you know, they're going to be paying something and it has to be documented for at least 12 so that's something definitely look into the guidelines when you're looking to structure the deal. That may be something to take into consideration and that will determine where you're going to send that loan. All right. I don't see any other questions, but I just love the opportunities that are here and just can't stress enough how we need to make sure to look at all the options. We don't just hone in on because essentially the, the air DNA option, Jose, is, is going to be the most expensive, right? I mean, typically. So you don't want to hone in on only go right to the most expensive option, right? Absolutely. Well, it's going to be because it's priced at an 85% and then they knock the LTV down to 80%. So yeah, the higher the LTV that we go, it is more costly. So you do have to take into consideration that between the 85% option using AirDNA 
and the 80% option using short-term rental revenue reports or even long-term rents, there may only be a net 3% difference because the option using AirDNA is, it costs about two points more in fees straight off the bat. There, you know, the minimum cost is 1.875 on that. And then Ben is asking, was that lender paid pricing? Yeah, all the pricing we pulled was lender paid compensation or margins already built in. Absolutely. We don't really ever do borrower paid. We never do borrower paid when we're the lender. It's always lender paid. All right. I don't see any other questions. Some great scenarios there. So thank you, Jose. We do this every Tuesday and Wednesday night, 7 p.m. Eastern. So make sure you tune in next week on Tuesday, 7 p.m. Eastern time. We also do our daily mortgage rates live show every weekday at 11 a.m. Eastern, where we go through how the market is changing with different rates, pull up actual live rates from different programs. And we do a deep dive into a different topic every day, which we did short-term rentals today on that deep dive topic as well. So a lot of short-term rentals this week. We'll have some new topics next week. So thank you everyone for tuning in. Thank you, Nick. Thank you, Jose. And we hope to see you all next week on the next episode of the Loan Officer Training Series with the Mortgage Calculator. Have a great night. Thank you, everybody. Loan officers, join the Mortgage Calculator as an MLO for unlimited mortgage leads and up to 250 BPS compensation.